What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of The Night Shift. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hernandez. And today I got my boy Kyle back on the show. What's up, Kyle? How you doing? Good, good. How we doing today, Zach? Doing good, man. Glad to have you back. It's always a blast when you're on here. We always have some good conversations. Um, We got a pretty good lineup today. We got a couple of things we want to talk about. You listeners by now are probably familiar with Kyle. He's a pretty familiar face here on the show or familiar voice, I should say. And we 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 always have some good talks. And today we got a pretty good lineup um, of things we're going to cover NBA, NFL stuff all around. We're in the offseason of both of those sports, but there's always stuff to talk about. And that's what we're going to do here today for about an hour of your time. So we appreciate you guys listening in and we're going to jump right in here to one of the biggest storylines right now in the NBA is Damian Lillard. And he has requested a trade from the Blazers after a long time. Um, A lot of times fans aren't too happy when players request trades, but when when it comes to Damian Lillard, um, a lot of fans give him a pass. He's been super loyal to the Blazers for so long. They haven't really surrounded him with the right pieces to win uh, championships, put him in the best situation to win. They haven't done that. Um, So he's requested a trade and it seems that he only wants to go to Miami. And um, Woj reported that Dame's agent said that he's been calling all the trade partners and saying that if they trade for Dame, it's an, it's trading for an unhappy player besides Miami. So he really only wants to go to Miami, it seems like, um, which is an interesting, that kind of makes this whole thing a little more interesting to me. Um, I'll give my opinion in a bit, but how do you feel about this whole Damian Lillard trade request situation going on? So, I mean, yeah, every day you hear how much he hates everywhere in the United States except South Florida. Um, I don't know if it's the beaches or the yachts or, you know, maybe the strip clubs, who knows? But when it comes to Mr. Damian Lillard, the, the agent... If you only wanted to go to Miami, why did we not negotiate a no trade clause in the last contract? I mean, you got three years left on this contract, Damian Lillard. Three years. You're you're the man who sat here and said loyalty plays, loyalty plays. Now you're going to decide to run. Now. And you don't have a trade clause. So that team can trade you wherever they want. But you're going to go ahead and you're going to throw up a stink saying, if you don't t- send me to the runner-ups, Miami Heat, I'm not going to be happy. That's basically enforcing a no trade clause. I think Bradley Beal, as you may have seen, might have been the death of the trade clause for most players. Mm -hmm. I don't think teams are going to go out and extend a no trade clause because you can basically handle the organization and kind of screw over your own franchise in a trade. And right now with what Damian Lillard's done, and I'll get your opinion here on it, but he's kind of put Portland in a really uh, icky spot for wanting to, you know, maybe leave on the best of terms with the fans. I think he's kind of put him in a weird spot with only wanting to go to Miami. Yeah. So I think that when it comes to Damian Lillard requesting the trade, I think overall, I think Portland has put Damian Lillard in an icky spot throughout his entire career. I think we can say that they haven't really surrounded him with the pieces. Like I said earlier, to really help him win a championship. Now, when it comes to, I'm a big Damian Lillard fan, so I, I root for him. I like to see him do well. However, when it comes to this situation, I'm okay with him requesting a trade. I never like players requesting trades, but when it comes to Dame, with what I've seen, I don't mind it. However, 
the fact that he is only willing to play for one organization and it doesn't sound like he wants to return to Portland and it doesn't sound like he wants to go literally anywhere else in the league. That is where I have a, that's, that's my problem. That's where my problem is with that. You sign this contract extension. You are in the midst of your contract. So you have room and you, your team can do whatever they want with you. Right. That's, I mean, that's what a contract is. And we've seen that kind of go away year after year. Um, with all these players requesting trades and where they want to go. And that a lot of the times they end up where they want to go. Um, but when it comes to Damian Lillard, it's it's something that I didn't really expect to see because of all the loyalty that he's preached over the years. Um, but I'm not a, I'm not a fan of of if this is true of him really being an unhappy player if he goes anywhere besides Miami. So, and I think you, you kind of hit a little bit on it with, yeah, Portland's put him in sticky situation through over the years, not really building a cohesive team around him, Mm -hmm. but he knew that when he signed this contract, Mm -hmm. like, it's not like this is anything new. This is the Portland who's always known. And if you look at Damian Lillard, he's gotten max money every time he's gone out. When he goes to that bargaining table, Portland pays that man. Mm -hmm. So I mean, if you want a better roster around yourself, we're going to have to see it across the league here. Some players are going to have to take pay cuts. And we'll get into that later in this episode with Jalen Brown and that whole situation. But you can't pay max money and then expect a team to be built around you year in and year out. There has to be flexibility there with the cap. Um, I think just going to the Miami is just a weird spot you put this franchise in because – now basically all the chips are off the table and when you're going to Miami you're saying I want Bam out of bio there I want Jimmy Butler there so now you're picking and choosing who your franchise can even trade for so it's not that you're you know saying these are my list of preferred teams you're saying this is the team and this is who you're going to trade for mm-hmm. it's basically gone down to you know you're looking at maybe Kyle Lowry salary dump a Duncan Robinson salary dump if they include someone like an Oscar Robinson off the bench or something like that, you're looking at packaging players. And at this point with trade talks, it's not moving Portland and props to the Portland GM. I hope he sits and sticks to his guns. And honestly, if I'm another team in the league, come the second month of the season, if he's not traded, because it can go months into the season, they're saying Damian Lillard might be a holdout to the trade deadline. I think if Portland's GM is smart, you have a young enough core. This year's not really much for you, Portland. Uh If you wait and hold him till the trade deadline and you can move him for another disgruntled superstar, by all means, at some point, Damian Lillard's going to want to get back on the court. Uh And you can't tell me if you trade him to a team like uh, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly. Like You can't tell me he wouldn't want to play in a city like that. Uh I think right now it's Damian Lillard trying to make the franchise make a move quicker than later. And he, he, the GM is going to have to hold on in Portland and GM is going to have to make a step and say no. And we'll see how the situation goes, but it just, for me, it makes me lose a little bit for Dame, but Uh it is what it is. And we'll see where he ends up, but I think if it's up to me, I don't know about you. I would say seventy-five percent chance it's a Miami. Yeah, you- I'm. 
Yeah, so I, I agree with that. I'm fully expecting if Damian Lillard gets traded, I'm expecting when I see that notification that it says Damian Lillard heading to South Beach. I mean, that's exactly what I'm anticipating right now. Um, I would be a little shocked if he went somewhere else. And I would hope that there would be no it, it would I would hope that from Damian Lillard, you know, there would be nothing wrong with that. I would hope that he would just play through it and there wouldn't be some crazy stuff. Because like you said right now, I mean I'm the Blazers general manager, he's got he's kind of in the driver's seat in this situation. Damian Lillard's locked up. He knows that the Blazers aren't competing for for a championship next season, but they got young guys that they're gonna throw out there and play, develop these young guys. And I mean, a Damian Lillard trade will come when it wants to come. If Miami doesn't want to give him the offer that they want, they're not going to do it. Damian Lillard, I mean, doesn't really have a say in it. I mean, he does when it comes to, you know, uh, like kind of seniority in the franchise and they like Damian Lillard. But ultimately, it's not his decision here. It's the Blazers front office. It's their general management. And he's kind of in the driver's seat in that situation. So he can push him wherever he wants. He could, he could, like you said, if he really wants to hold, hold him out until the trade deadline, he can, um, he could do that. And I think I'm, I'm really intrigued to see, and I kind of like the route that the Blazers general management is going with right now with I'm in no rush. If a trade wants to happen, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll wait for that deal to come because Damien, you're on our team right now. You're locked up for a couple of seasons. You signed that big extension. I think it was what 120 million over two year extension. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, you know, I it's 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 an interesting situation, and I'm a big Damien Lillard guy, but it is it's kind of a bummer to see because he's preached loyalty for so long in his career, and I'm not against the idea of him requesting a trade. Although I don't like when players do that. This is kind of a weird situation where I'm not fully against it. But the idea of I want to request a trade, but I only want to go to Miami, that's where I get thrown off. So, however, I do believe that he will end up in Miami at some point. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they have to give up for him. You know, I mean, I'm 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 assuming Tyler Harrow is probably going to be in that deal. Definitely some picks. It's going to be a interesting package to see. Um, but Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, and assuming Bam Adebayo is a pretty interesting, pretty pretty good core to have right there, especially after making the NBA Finals. So it's, it's going to be interesting with Dame. Well, yeah, and he's coming. I mean, he's coming off of a career year, a high mm-hmm. in career high in points, a career high in rebounds. I mean, he was all over the court. He's going to be a great asset to a team, but. I just, you know, I think Portland's GM's doing the right thing right now. Hold on. And there's no rush. I don't know if you've seen any of Summer League. They got guards that can play. Mm-hmm. Scoot is the real deal. I'm mm-hmm. I'm getting ahead of this right now. Scoot is my favorite for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Scoot is the real deal. And I think if they just, you know, can develop correctly, they got a nice young core of some guards there in Portland. Damian Lillard, I mean, I don't know if they'll miss him in three years. Mm-hmm. I like Scoot a lot, but you got Scoot over Wemby, Rookie of the Year. I got Scoot over Wemby. Man, don't get me started <laughs> on that. That could be a debate for a whole other podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, I think Wemby's good, but I'm I honestly don't think his game's going to offensively move, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to turn into more of a Rudy Gobert rim protector. Mm-hmm. That that's my take on Wemby. But hot take. That's like another. <laughs> All right. 
Let's move on to another point guard here in the NBA. We're going to come back to another segment that I really enjoy doing that I've heard some good reviews about. It's the Would You Rather. And we're going to do two Would You Rathers today. First, I want to give a shout out to the Pick Aside podcast because this is what they do. This is their idea. And I've seen it before. And that's where I started getting it from. So I really like it. So shout out to them. But today we're going to start with Would You Rather Trey Young Edition. And me and Kyle have had some interesting conversations on the pod in the past about Trey Young and about the Hawks. Um, so far, it might be in his favor a little bit with how things are going, but I, I will stick to my word. I'm not going to back off. But today we're going to do Would You Rather Trey Young Edition. I got a list of names here. We're going to go over some guys. Would you rather have this player or Trey Young? And let's start it off real quick with Zach Levine. Give me Trey Young. Give me Trey Young too. I'm going Trey Young on that one. Uh, Bradley Beal. Give me Trey Young. Trey Young as well. Mikal Bridges. I love Mikal's game. Mikal's good, but I'm going Trey. Give me Trey. Give me Trey. He's a better playmaker at this point. Yeah. I got a good one for you. Jamal Murray. I'm going to have to go with Jamal on that one. I love Jamal Murray's game. When healthy, what he can do with Jokic is is good. I would have to go Jamal Murray over Trey Young. That's a really close one for me. Um, I got that one in yellow, meaning on my on my coder means I don't know, but I, I, I matter, man. They Champions do. I, I I agree. I do. And and from what what we've seen from Jamal Murray, especially in the playoffs, has been great. And I was going back and forth with this one. And I'm actually going to agree with you. I'm going to go Jamal Murray as well. Um, from what I've seen from Jamal Murray, I know we've had some talks about Jamal Murray as well, especially on Twitter. Um, Jamal Murray's just shown to be so good. And that's nothing to try on because he's great too. But from what I've seen from Jamal Murray, he looks like a winner right now. And, and he does everything. He me, elevates just, his game. Jamal Murray just seems more polished to me. Yeah. He mm-hmm. doesn't have as much as an erratic game. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right. Uh, Trey Young's teammate, DeJounte Murray. For, for me, I mean, I think that's pretty – I like DeJounte a lot, as you know. Um, but for me, I'm I'm going to go Trey Young as well. I think Trey Young's the leader on that squad. Yeah, I'm going to go Trey Young too. Deontay's a good, like, number two, number three for a team, but I'm going yeah. Trey Young too. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox. Give me Trey Young. I'm going De'Aaron Fox. I think that, that's another close one, but I think I lean De'Aaron Fox on that one. Uh, I think I if I get another year of Kings basketball exposure, mm-hmm. possibly. But the, my Sacramento exposure right now, <laughs> Every- we'll, we'll give that another year or so. Yeah. That's that's fair. DeMar DeRozan. Give me Trey Young. Yep. Trey Young as well. Uh, Darius Garland. Trey Young. Trey Young for me. Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday is extremely overrated. Overrated? I thought you were going to yes. say underrated, and no, I was going to agree with you. No, overrated. I disagree with that one. Overrated. Dude. How come? How come? I, people talk about Milwaukee, and they just get on this whole, oh, we're an underdog team, and they have like six Olympians that play for them. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why. Milwaukee is a super team if you really think about it. Like, they have six, seven Olympians on their roster. Name one other team in the NBA with seven Olympians on the roster. I'll wait. Yeah. I will well, wait. I think I, – I, I don't know if I'd call Milwaukee a super team. Uh, um, 
I just think they're trotting out there an Olympic basketball team. Yeah. And just, for what they do and Drew Holiday on how inconsistent he can be. Nah, no. Drew Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday on the offensive end can be inconsistent at times. A lot of the Bucks players can, besides Giannis, I feel like. But when it comes to defense, Drew Holiday is there every single game. And his defense, I mean, he's one of the best defensive guards in the entire league right now. Um, which is I I I go Trey Young on this, by the way. That's I Trey Young's my oh, pick. Oh, okay. But I was going to bring up how I think uh Drew Holiday's underrated. I I I'm a big Drew Holiday guy. I think he's probably a top 10 point guard in the league right now. Um uh, probably around nine or ten. I don't know. I'd have to name him off the top of my head, but I think Drew Holiday's actually underrated with his defense is honestly far better than almost every point guard in the NBA right now, which is so insanely valuable to that Bucks team. And I agree that he can be inconsistent on the offensive end. Um, but that's so funny that you brought up he's overrated because I was about to say the complete opposite. <clears throat> okay, Anthony Edwards. Give me Trey Young over Ant right now. Yep, me too. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Trey Young I, over Ant. I think that's close. I also go Trey Young, but I think soon we might be seeing Tyrese Halliburton really rise up. I mean, that guy is so good. So the question is with Halliburton, though, I mean, you have to look at that roster, and I think that roster is just too spread out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Indiana has – I to me, Indiana has no real identity. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, bigs that can score. You have guards that can score. You But, like, there's no real, like, alpha – so if Halliburton can take that, you know, I'm the true number one here, possibly. But until I really can see Indiana make progress in like that situation, I'd I'd go still Trey Young. Yeah, I, I go Trey Young right now, but I do believe that I don't I think that the 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 Pacers could use somebody else besides Terry Halliburton to even elevate his game even more. Uh imagine if they got Paul George back. <laughs> That would actually be kind of sick. Back to Indiana. Um, but I'm a fan of Tyrese Halliburton's game. But right now I go Trey Young. Uh, Jalen Brunson. Ooh, that's a good one. I go Trey Young. I'm I'm super high on Brunson though. Like I Trey Young, Trey Young owns New York. Trey Young. I lost a little New bit York. of that love in the playoffs, but regular season, yeah. I really liked what Brunson did in New York. I, I'd still say Trey Young though. Ja Morant. We got shooters. Yeah, shooters. <laughs> we got shooters. Um, I mean, I, give me Trey. Give me Trey. Yeah. I, I think in over the last couple of seasons, you've seen it. Memphis is a, honestly a better team without Ja Morant. They are. I don't want to be the one to say it out loud, but Memphis is a better team without Ja Morant. You're right, dude. I mean, the stats say it. The numbers say it right there. I mean, they, they are better when Ja Morant's off the court. Yeah, I just uh, we'll see. You know what happens with this veteran leadership they brought in for John Morant. I think that might be good for him, but I think Trey Young I would take right now over John Morant. Did you see? I not to get off topic, no. But Slam Magazine ranked their top fifty point guards. Okay, and they had John Morant fifteen spots above Rajon Rondo. Of all of all time, of all time, that's actually crazy. It's crazy for a magazine they even put out. Oh yeah, no, that's actually wild. That doesn't. There's no logic behind that. Um, 
I'm trying to think of any possible way that they could have. Was it like just purely based on like. From what I can tell, <laughs> it was just like the top 50 point guards of all time. And they had that's, 15 spots of Avorishan Rondo. And my yeah, mouth dropped when I saw it. Yeah, I, I, I would have just. just that's terrible. That's so bad. <clears throat> okay. And my last name I got here, Jalen Brown. I might get a lot of flack for this. I really will. But I have text messages and threads going back, you know, the last couple months here with my group chats and my Celtic friends. And I honestly would trade Jalen Brown for Trey Young. I would take Trey Young over Jalen Brown. I think this just is... for what he would do for the team, uh-huh. it would be better for that team. Okay. I think as a Celtic fan, I would want Trey Young over Jalen Brown. Now, better player, that could be a different debate, but I'm going to stick to my guns. And I'm going to say I'd rather have Trey, Trey Young over Jalen Brown. So that's exactly what I was about to say when you brought that up, is that when it comes to your team, just the Celtics as a whole, I could see Trey Young being the more fitting piece for you guys right now in a Jalen Brown, Trey Young swap. That makes sense to me. I do think that overall, I will take Jalen Brown just as the player, um, as the overall player, no fitting team, not like putting him into a certain situation. I'd go Jalen Brown, but it, that one's very, very close. However, when it, I, I agree with you when it comes to the Celtics, I think you guys could benefit greatly from a guy like Trey Young um, lead, running your offense, you know, facilitating with Jason Tatum next to Jason Tatum. I think that could be fantastic for you guys. Um, So I don't dislike that at all. I, I will lean Jalen Brown as the better overall player though. Um, that I thought you were for sure going to say Jalen Brown. I'm not going to lie. Like when I put that down, I was like, he's going to go Jalen Brown. Like, no, like no, I've, no debate. I've, I've battled myself for the last couple months and I'm like, who would I want in a trade scenario? Like mm-hmm. there was talks, you know, possibly Jalen Brown for Dame at some point, you know, early yeah. in negotiating. I'm like, eh, and I honestly, for the fit, I would love Trey Young in Boston. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll stick to my guns and I'll say Trey Young over Jalen Brown at this moment. Cool. Good stuff, man. Those are all the names I had for Trey Young edition. If you had any other names you wanted to add throughout there that you could think of, if not, we can rock right on to the next one. We can rock um, right Let's do it. So we were just talking about Jalen Brown. So why not do a would you rather Jalen Brown edition? Um, we got a couple of names here. See who we got Jalen Brown or the other guy. And I'm doing this with a Celtics fan. So this should be pretty interesting. Here we go. Would you rather Jalen Brown edition? First off, I had to do it just because they're teammates. I had to throw in Jason Tatum just to, to see how you're feeling because during the playoffs, I was seeing lots of I'm on Celtics Twitter a little bit just because I follow you and I and I and I'm uh interact with you and I have a couple other Celtics fans. So I see a couple of Celtics tweets um on my timeline and I saw some Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, who's better, who's better. I saw a couple things flying around. Um Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> let's say three times, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Let, let's get it going. But I think you're more all around. You're more consistent. Your higher yeah. ceiling is Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I'm with you on that. Got to go Jason Tatum. All right. Donovan Mitchell. 
That's a close one. That's, That's a very a close, close one. one. But honestly, I would go Donovan Mitchell over Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Me too. Donovan Mitchell. Tyrese Halliburton. Jalen Brown over Tyrese. Jalen Brown. James Harden. At this point in their career, Jalen Brown. If it was peak Harden, that's a different conversation. But at this point, Jalen Brown. Peak Harden, I'm definitely going peak Harden. Current Harden, I'm going current Harden. And that's another close one for me. And I think that we've seen James Harden actually flourish now. I know the numbers don't say it, especially the points per game, the points that he's scoring. But I think James Harden is actually thriving in this role that he's in. I don't know why he wants to leave. It's it's. I get so annoyed when I see the James Harden wants out of Philly stuff because I think that's a perfect situation for him. Um, I guess it's probably all about the money. I probably, I would assume. But I think we're seeing James Harden right now at the best role for himself. Really running an offense next to an all-star, superstar, big man facilitating is James Harden's been one of the greatest, one of the best facilitators in the NBA for years now. And I mean, that's really showing because he's not out there having to put the team on his back, scoring the ball, every possession, you know, he's running the offense, really facilitating. He's got Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey. He's got guys to set up, which I love to see from James Harden. I think he's thriving in this role and I'm going to lean James Harden. I'm actually kind of higher on him than a lot of people are right now. Um, But I, I like him as this number two option, this this pure facilitator. Not pure facilitator because, okay, out there he, he's scoring as well, which is another reason because he's actually doing – he's actually scoring the ball pretty well too. But when it comes to the role that he's in right now, I really like to see that. And I think this is this is his uh, best chance to win a championship in a role like this. Not when he was on the Rockets having to carry a team. It's when he's put into a situation like this. And I think we're seeing a very, very good version of James Harden here. I just went off on a little tangent about James Harden, but uh, that's my, that's my opinion on that. I will take James Harden, but I think it's, I think it's pretty close. Um. Okay. Next Paul George. Ooh. So the Clippers are like, just, I, I don't know. Do they show up this year in the back of an ambulance? Are they like shrink wrapping people? Because to me, like I haven't seen Paul George play legitimate basketball since I think 2017. Yeah. So in this scenario, I would have to go Jalen Brown just because I don't think I've seen Paul George healthy enough. Yeah, that's fair when it comes when taking the injury into account. Sure. Now when it cut when I'm just looking at player for player, I guess I'm not taking injury in account. I'm I go Paul George. I think he's the better player. I honestly think he's like. Jalen Brown just just a little better at everything, but he's kind of similar in a way. Um, I go Paul George on that, but you're right with the injury aspect because every year, <laughs> Paul George. Did you see? I don't know if you listen to Paul George's podcast. It's actually pretty entertaining. But the episode with Jerry West and Jerry West straight up goes just straight up to his face. He was like, "You, it's it's interesting, you and." a guy of your caliber and Kawhi's caliber can never finish a season. And I was just like, just straight up, dude, directly to him. And I was so true, dude. It's crazy how those guys just can't finish seasons. Um, But if, if Paul George was healthy, man, I mean, he's, I mean, if Paul George was like never hurt, he'd be a superstar, like solidified. Like Kevin Durant. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Sad to see those injuries, but okay, moving on. Devin Booker. I'd say Devin Booker over Jalen yeah. Brown. 
Me too. Me too. I go Devin Booker. Um, Darren I mean, Fox. Seeing, oh. Going back to Phoenix, though. Yeah. Who yeah. do you think actually takes the reins as the true number one this year? Do you think Devin Booker takes over as a true number one? That's an interesting one. It's actually very interesting. I don't know because they're both such skilled scorers. And it's like, I. I actually have no idea who will be the true number one. I think you got to give it to, I would think Durant. I mean, what, like, three players on that team last year averaged over 25 points a game? I know. So, like, th- there's only one ball. I mean, there's someone's going to have to take the lead. I Devin Booker's been on the team the longest. He's the longest there. But, like, we'll see if he actually steps up or if it's still Katie's show. Yeah, that's an interesting question. That I really I don't know, dude. Jeez, that that's that team's gonna be so interesting to watch. Just the 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 star power, the offensive star power, the scores, well, their bench too. As if they buffed it, dude. Opened up and they freaking got everybody for like nothing, dude. It was ridiculous because you know going into that, I was all oh you know they got no defense, they don't have a bench, it's fine. And then five seconds into free agency, they signed like six dudes. And like quality role players on their bench now, dude. Like their bench, it's like a brand new team. They sign like nine guys. Like they have such a a brand new team, but dude, they they buff their bench. It's it's better than last year. The the Suns are really good. They're, I mean, they're gonna be really good next year. Um, but okay, let's move on to Sack Town Zone. <laughs> De'Aaron Fox or Jalen Brown? I'd go Jalen Brown over De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, yeah. Fair. John Morant. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. Ah. Uh, For me, I go Jalen Brown. I I would have to just with the defense, I'd have to go Jalen Brown on that. But that's mm-hmm. very close because J John Morant can be very explosive and can take a team mm-hmm. as a true number one. Mm-hmm. That that's a very good one, very close. But I think I think uh, Jalen Brown stuff. All right, and the last guy I got on this list. Actually, I'm gonna add one more guy after this. Uh, we got Damian Lillard. I would go Jalen Brown. Ooh, really? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you gotta go Dame on that one. I mean. Dame's coming off of a 32-point-a-game season with seven Dame. assists. I mean – I mean, Dame's arguably top-ten player right now. Yeah, I guess you would go Dame, yeah. i go Dame. Um, All right, I'm adding one more guy. Clay Thompson. <laughs> I was just about to – when we were getting done, I was about to add Clay Thompson. <laughs> i go Jalen Brown. Yeah. Uh, bums me out, but yeah, no, I think you have to go Jalen Brown just at this point in their careers. Um, I absolutely can't stand the Clay Thompson hate that I see, and I know he had a bad series against the Lakers. He was pretty terrible, okay. But Clay Thompson was such a huge reason of the Warriors' success, parts partial success this year, um, in the regular season especially. I mean, he started the year pretty down. And then he turned into a sniper like he always has been. I mean, he was just – he was shooting the ball really well. So, just – that was just a little excuse for me to 
tell people to stop bagging on Clay Thompson. He's going to be fine, okay? Um, but, yeah, no, I think in this point in their careers, you got to go Jalen Brown. Okay. Anybody else you want to add or? Uh, no, but let's give some final thoughts on this Jalen Brown. So we it. haven't announced it yet, but we're sitting on perhaps the highest paid Supermax of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I believe right now Nikolai Jokic has that ranking. And mm-hmm. I think Jalen Brown's about to blow that out of the water. Uh, he's looking at $307 million. He'll be making around $70 million in his last couple seasons. I think looking at that, I mean, this is where I was saying with Damian Lillard earlier in the show, you cannot pay the max money if you want to build a team around people. Uh You have the year after that, Jason Tatum looking at a max deal. Uh Realistically, if you want to sign Jalen Brown and still be a competitive team with some cash flow, you need to be getting him around probably that 285 mark, 275 to 285 to give yourself some moving room. But what is your take on if they go ahead and make him the highest paid NBA player of all time with a $307 million contract? So I think you guys have one of the more talented rosters in the league, of course. Um, But when it comes to big money like that, I have to agree with what you said earlier. It's tough to build a team when half your money is round up in one guy. You you're asking Jalen Brown here is going to get an unbelievable bag. I mean that's insane. That's an insane amount of money. Um, it's tough to build a team like that. And J- and, and Jalen Brown, he's provided he provides a lot offensively, defensively, um, and he's a great sidekick to Jason Tatum. Sometimes Jason Tatum's a sidekick to him. Um, but I think when you when you look at $307 million round up in one guy, that's when you have to look to move off of him. Because I think Jalen Brown is good for you guys, obviously. And I think you can you could potentially win a championship. I mean, you came close against us, not quite there, but you 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 can totally do it. But it's so difficult to put the pieces around somebody, around a team. When he's making that much money, you know? Yeah. I mean, you just have to, I, and we'll see what they announce and see, you know, they've been able to sign the extension for a while now and it hasn't been signed yet. So there is some negotiating going on. I've seen that the, uh, a lot of the negotiating is in terms of the fifth year on the deal, whether it's going to be a player option or a team option. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is what most of the hangup is on right now with the contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. But even with this new CBA and what's going on, I mean, to tie up a team for that much, even like Fred Van Fleet's making 42 million a year. Yeah. Like you're, you're getting to the point in the league. It's like, Oh yeah. And let me add that. I'm, I think it's fine when, when you have a guy like Jokic or Steph, or Giannis, or Durant, you have these super, superstars that are just completely franchise-altering players, right? That makes sense. I would hope they could take a pay cut, but that would make sense to wrap money in those guys because they're the cornerstone. I mean, you cannot lose them. But Jalen Brown's not on that level. He's not a Jokic. He's not a Giannis. He's not Steph. He's not any of those guys to where making a grand total of $307 million 
doesn't look crazy. I mean, I think that's just too much money for a guy that's not the cornerstone of a franchise. So I think if Jalen Brown is really adamant on getting this super, super mega max deal, you have to look to some other places and and see maybe Atlanta, maybe Portland. You got options. You got some guys out there that could fit with you, huh? I mean, yeah, we'll have to see what happens, but I think, I mean, if Chris Paul, you can no, you can keep Chris Paul. You want Chris Paul? You want Chris Paul? You keep Chris Paul. (laughs) You can keep him. We'll we'll give you a second rounder at this point to keep him. (laughs) But no, I mean, Jalen Brown's going to have to figure out what he wants to do, and we'll see what the franchise does and when they announce that extension here soon. Yeah going to be interesting going to be it's a lot of money and I, I that's one thing i'm very intrigued to see if the celtics actually actually give it to that okay let's move on the nba cup the new in-season tournament that is being implemented next season it's it's going to be an interesting one. I see lots of opinions. Actually, I I mainly only see one opinion about it. A lot of people can't stand this new uh NBA Cup that Adam Silver has implemented in the NBA. Um so pretty much if you don't know in November in the middle of the regular season there will be an in-season tournament called the NBA Cup where teams will be placed they're placed into uh there are six groups of five, three in each conference. And then they play each team in their group once. And then then it turns into a bracket. Each winner from every uh, group makes it. And then two wild cards turns into a bracket. Winner wins the NBA Cup. I think there's a I think there's some player money involved. So I think it's kind of incentivized a little. Not like crazy. But lots of people are against this move from Adam Silver. And I'd love, love to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, so... They announced this. They had Richard Jefferson and his bald head talk to us. (laughs) Coming to American TVs. I love Richard Jefferson. You know, that's really – he he can do no wrong in my eyes with NBA. But he comes on and he explains it to us in kind of like a five-minute short. Uh The gist is it's going to start in November. You're going to play on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh Those games now in the regular season somehow mean more. Uh where we were told, you know, load management, we're going to make every game count. Now we're mm-hmm. making more games count towards something that in the end mm-hmm. doesn't count towards anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see those Tuesdays and those Friday games, and then they'll have a championship at the start of December. I'm interested to see how the single elimination format goes and how that's received. I mean, I'm never going to turn down, you know, cool, chaotic basketball. So, you know, if you get a cool matchup where these these two superstars and they somehow go all out and duke it out for this cup, cool. But you got to have the players buy in. I mean, mm-hmm. if you get to December and you have people doing load management days, you know, at yeah. a certain point, like it's going to be like, eh. if you see a Tuesday or Friday and LeBron's out with leg soreness, you're not really accomplishing anything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm interested to see how it turns out. I know most of the, you know, talk has been negative. I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people are really all for it. Um, I don't like using the regular season games to count. That's my whole big up on it. 
you want to do a tournament or something cool, you can try that. But to have some season games count more than others, it just makes me feel a little eh. But we'll see how it goes and see how players buy in. I mean, that's ultimately if the players buy in and the players get behind it and they want to do it, they'll make it successful. Mm-hmm. But it's really just how they want to take it. So initially for me, I was very against the idea. I didn't think it made any sense. I thought it was pointless. It's doesn't this NBA Cup doesn't count towards anything. It's not going to be on resumes. Uh, it shouldn't be on resumes. Like, are um, we going to argue LeBron's NBA Cup into the Jordan conversation now? Like, what what are we getting yeah. into here, Zach? Right. So, so it's it's interesting. It's 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 something that it looks pointless from the outside, and I get it. And that's how I was feeling the entire time when I first heard the announcement a long time ago when they when they brought the idea up to when they fully announced it. Now, my opinion has actually changed pretty drastically. I am in favor of this NBA Cup. And it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with it just for the sole fact of this. The it's, it's pretty much just the same. Everything is just the same. It's not like there's extra games being played. However, the championship game will be one extra, which I also think is dumb. That's the one thing I think doesn't make any sense, but these games are played on Tuesdays and Fridays the stats count towards your regular season. The record counts towards your regular season. So nothing is being necessarily added. They're just trying to make it more entertaining. Now, will it be more entertaining? Who knows? Like you said, it kind of depends on if the players want to really get behind it. But at the end of the day, the worst that it is, it's just regular season basketball. So I don't really think that there's much of a downside. If you're against the NBA Cup, if you don't like it, if you think it's dumb, on a Tuesday or a Friday, you turn on the NBA. You just watch it like regular season basketball. You just turn it on. Two teams going at it. There it is. Done. Or if you're in favor of the NBA Cup, you turn it on and you're invested in the tournament. Then you get to watch a tournament built into the season. So I don't think there's much of a downside considering there's not any extra games played, anything like that. I think it's kind of a cool idea. Now, will it be this big tournament that everyone goes crazy about? Like this isn't, you know, this is not... um European football. This is is it's it's not like with all these tournaments that they have. It's not going to be as crazy as that. But I do think that it could be pretty interesting, um, and uh, maybe a little more entertaining than just pure regular season because they're just trying to bring some spice into a pretty long and dragged out regular season that some people might at some point, you know, want to tune out of the regular season because there's just game after game and there's no meaning. At least here, fans could have some sort of incentive to watch or it gives them you know something else to kind of look forward to some different tournament so for me the tournament has grown on me i like it i don't think there's much of a downside i think there's a little bit of upside to make it pretty cool for fans and for players and such so that's kind of where i stand but my opinion has totally changed i was so against it i was like adam silver this is the dumbest thing i've ever heard and i'm actually kind of for it now so do you think are you just kind of like We'll wait and see really like if it works out or I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of in the boat of we'll wait and see. I, yeah, like you said, it is just regular season games. And I mean, uh-huh. it is what it is. We'll see it ha- yeah. when it happens. But to me, if we get to that point and you're running B squads or G league teams out uh-huh. there, it loses all its value anyways. It so, does. I mean, we'll see when it gets to that point real quick. Let's go through the pools though. And do you yeah. want to, 
try and pick who you think is going to win the pools. Yeah, that's a good call. You got them right there. Yeah, it looks like they divided the pools up by the conference Mm -hmm. and then seedings. Yep. So in the East, you have East A, that's the 76ers, Mm -hmm. the Cavs, Mm -hmm. the Hawks, Mm -hmm. the Pacers, and the Pistons. Okay. I mean, you got to go Philly or Cleveland, I think. And with no James Harden, and they don't trade for a superstar, I'm going to go Cleveland on that. I'm going to go the Cavs take East Group A. And you have Philly going number two? Yeah. But if they have, if they keep James Harden somehow, give me Philly. So I love that combination cool. of Harden and Embiid, man. You fell into my trap, though. What? Because the Atlanta Hawks would be a three seed in that just pool. Yeah, they would. I you know. Think oh, I know. Be a four seed at the end of the season? No. <laughs> no, dude. I I mean, like I said, I I'm sticking by what I said, but <laughs> I don't know how, how how good that's that's rolling out for me. Um, East Pool B would be Milwaukee, um, New York Knicks, the Heat, the Wizards, and the Hornets. I would say the Heat or the Bucks. I mean, in that one, honestly. I think if Dame's on the Heat, I go Heat. If he doesn't, I go Bucks. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm leaning on that. East C, you have Boston, you have the Nets, you have the Raptors, the Bulls, and the Magic. I think you got to go Boston, right? I think you got to go Boston there. I don't, those other teams, I mean, We'll see. The Bulls had a healthy squad and looked good healthy last year, but once yeah. injuries came, they kind of fell right off the wagon. Mm-hmm. In the West, you have West A, which is what I would consider the group of death this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Memphis, Phoenix, the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Portland Trailblazers. Got to go Phoenix, I think. Um, Lakers right behind though, for sure. But I, I, I lean Phoenix on that. Now in November, will we be 25 games into the season? Will John Morant be a part of this cup? Ooh, I don't know. Cause if John Morant's a part of this cup, that adds a whole nother element. Cause you'll have John Morant, LeBron, and then the whole Phoenix roster all in one pool. And I don't know. Could, that could get spicy. That could get spicy. Real quick, though, why is it in November? Because I feel like that's in the start of the season pretty much where everyone's already watching. They're loving it. NBA's back on. Season starts in October, so it's like, right? I'm like, don't they want to make it more in the middle, like a January? I mean, I honestly, when they started rolling it out, I thought date-wise they would end up doing it right around the All-Star break. Yeah. And maybe the all-star break, like a two-week break and having like the tournament in one week of the all-star break. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure why they settled from November to the start of December and then you get right into Christmas basketball. Mm -hmm. But I'm not quite sure on the dates of that. And another another ad. Back to East Group A. Um, That was Cleveland, Philly, Atlanta. um, And the other two don't really matter. I've been thinking about it for the past minute and a half. Trey comes in clutch, dude. And that's what that's ice Trey. That's when he thrives. This thing isn't. This I'm is going like Atlanta. 
This I'm is like going a game at, seven every game. It's a bunch of game sevens. I'm going Atlanta. I'm actually am, and I'm not just saying that to oh he's backing up his. No, I'm actually gonna go Atlanta on this one. I'm gonna I'm going Trey Young comes through like he always does in the game seven for the most part, and I think they can win this East Group A. It's a winnable <laughs> group. I think that's a winnable group. Trey Young. Um, all, all right. right. Well, West B, we have the Nuggets, defending champs, mm-hmm. Clippers, Pelicans, Mavericks, and the Rockets. That's an interesting little group. It is an interesting group. And I think I, a lot of it comes down to Clippers' health. That's early in the season, so they might be there. I am – I'm a – Clippers' health, Zion health. The Mavericks, can Kyrie and Luka coexist? And then mm-hmm. the Rockets, I mean, what's Ime Udoka going to do with that squad? Not much. Not yet, at least. I mean, they're just going to be developing. Please don't go trade for Harden. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, um, they, they've been out. No, they're out on Yeah, Harden. I, I did know. hear him say that. Good. That makes absolutely zero sense for any party. Um, But anyways, you know? I think you gotta go. Uh the Clippers, man. I'm I like the Clippers when they're healthy. I really, really do. And I know Denver's the best team in the league right now. But a a healthy Clippers team, dude. Give me, give me a healthy Clippers team in this in in West Group B. Give it to a me. Healthy Clippers team in November. We shall see. I think it's possible. Uh, I would I would go with the Nuggets. I mean, that's the best player on earth right sure. now. The best team. So. Mm-hmm. I'll go Nuggets. West C, the last grouping, would be mm-hmm. Sacramento, your Golden State Warriors. Oh, yeah. The Minnesota Timberwolves, the Thunder, and Wimby, Wamba, Wimbantonio Spurs. Yeah. As they say. I think you have to go Warriors here. Now, I could see an argument for Sacramento, but Dubs, dude. We're the best team in that. We're the best team in that group, and I think it's pretty clear. And when you need someone in the clutch, I don't like the Steph Curry isn't clutch allegations. Okay, that's not true. He's one of the best fourth quarter performers out there. Okay, you need Steph Curry in the game seven. Didn't he have fifty in his last game seven? I think he did. Give me Steph Curry and the Warriors in that group. Um, I I would go with the Warriors, but I just have a question: Is Draymond going to be on NBA on TV TNT on Tuesdays? Is that when he usually does it, huh? <laughs> I mean, when he was injured, that's when he was doing it on Tuesdays. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I think I think you guys are the clear cuts on that one. Sacramento, they had a good season last year. I think they still have some things to prove and some things to iron out. Um, but I, I would take you guys to get out of there. Oklahoma City would be my uh, dark horse. I mean, I mm-hmm. like them and I like their mm-hmm. players and they got a ton of young talent. I would say watch out for them because it would just be like a one game, one game, one game. One game. So yeah. it would be and something that, to watch. Yeah, totally. And that and that's the interesting about the cup too is that it's one game. It's like March Madness style. So really anybody could win. Like, I mean, we rock with the best teams here and stuff. Could you imagine if we get like the Rockets winning a group, like the yeah. Thunder winning a group, the Magic or just some so, random team make its way into this thing? That would be so sick, right? So I mean, that would so, be good for the league, honestly, if they could get so, some team like that in there. I think there's got to be one. Like, there's got to be one. And I think that you're right about that. I think that's good for the league, and that's good for – obviously, that's really good for that specific team. Um, But 
I think we're going to see a team like that because so I think the grouping is like there's there's five teams in every group. So you play each team once. So you have four. And then after that group stands at large, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you could see that. And then and then the tournament turns into single elimination once there's eight on each side or. Four on each side, because one what every group winner makes it and then two wild cards one from each conference so then it's four on each side yeah west and east so yeah i think you could totally see a team like that sneak in after a couple couple wins you just got to win a few so i don't know i'm a big i'm a fan of this thing i i actually am i'm I'm a bigger fan now than i was six months ago of this cup (laughs) so um cool anything else you want to add about the about this in-season tournament no, I think we're good. We'll see when they get there, and we'll see who jumps in and wants to play. We will. And now for our final topic here on the lineup, let's move on to the NFL, something I love talking about as much as it pains me that we can't figure this out ever. The 49ers quarterback room is always an interesting conversation because every year, every week, you don't know who's the number one, it seems like. So here we are. In the offseason, mid-July, and it's a quarterback battle between three people. Is that a good sign? I don't know. I don't know if that's that much of a good sign when you got three guys who could potentially be your quarterback. it could. Some people might look at it as good. You got three options. Some might look like, it, dude, you don't have a quarterback. We got three guys. We got Trey Lance. We got Brock Purdy. And we got Sam Darnold fighting for that QB1 spot. Now, as it seems right now, it looks like from – insiders and reporters they're saying that that qb1 is brock purdy brock is ready and he's going to be rolled out week one against i think the steelers we play so kyle you got three quarterbacks here man who do you think should be qb1 here who would you start who would you bench and who would you cut out of these three guys so i think with kyle shanahan you just throw them all in a cage and fight to the death right (laughs) um i mean Mm. you you know my you know my take on the thing uh for the listeners who don't know my take on the thing is i think trey lance should be shipped out of there for as many picks as they can and they should never look back at that pick because it was a waste um you should rock out with your brock out and go with purdy as your starter I would do probably, I mean, if you're looking for depth, it depends how Trey Lance shows up in training camp. He's been in the system for a couple years and stuff like that. I think he could fight for, you know, the backup role, but reports are coming out. Sam Darnold looks very poised in the time he's gotten in the reps. He's gotten through OTAs and Kyle Shanahan somewhat likes projects. Uh, He took, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo in and, kind of a quarterback that found his way. I think Darnold, you know, showed spurts with Carolina that it maybe wasn't, you know, always him as the issue. Maybe it was, you know, the Jets coaching staff as the issue. Uh Uh, We shall see, you know, when that comes. But I think if it were me today, I would go Brock Purdy as my starter, Darnold as a backup, and I'd trade Trey for whatever I could. So I (sighs) – This is such an issue. I have this conversation at least once a day with somebody, I feel like. And it's it's such a weird one because everybody knows the story of the quarterback room for the 49ers and trading for Trey, trading the to get Trey Lance in the draft, trading so many picks. 
for a project quarterback that they didn't really think they didn't they didn't really seem like they had a plan. Kyle Shanahan didn't have a plan. He just went for it and, and impulse buy is really what it was. <sighs> so people that don't know, oh go ahead, has you guys. Has the report ever came out who actually pulled the trigger for Trey? Because I remember when it was coming down to draft day, all the rumors were Mac Jones at three to you guys. Mm-hmm. And was it Shanahan who wanted Lance or did the front office want Lance? So all the rumors said Mac Jones. Everyone was saying Mac Jones. I was anticipating us to pick him um, at three. I wasn't looking forward to that. I was when back in that time. I was really looking forward to. I kind of wanted Fields. If we drafted Fields, I was happy. If we drafted Trey, I was cool. Can you with imagine it. Justin Fields on the 49ers offense right now? Yeah. I mean, look at all the weapons he would have and a, an actual decent offensive line, you know, and I'm not the biggest Justin Fields fan right now. I think he's actually a tad bit overrated, but when you give him a team like that, I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna get good, but th- this pick was Kyle and you know, they, the, the reports were Mac Jones, but the Niners don't release information like that. They don't, they, they never do. They're so secretive about everything that they release. And from what I have heard is that it's, Kyle was want or Trey was wanted by Kyle and John Lynch wasn't as sold on Trey as Kyle was, but they said that on one of the, on the, I think it was the plane ride home from Justin Fields workout. Kyle was drawing up plays for Trey Lance and like telling everyone like, Hey, look, I got this trade, whatever. He was drawing up his Trey Lance. This is what I heard. So what was the play to run it up B gap? Thank you. <laughs> so not much, not very, not very creative there from the offensive guru, but you know, this pick was, it, it really sounds like it was from Shanahan. And um, again, another terrible decision by Mr. Shanahan here. Uh, he doesn't really, he, he's totally misused Trey Lance. And I feel bad for him because I think Trey Lance has potential to be good. He's a project. He's raw. He didn't play a lot in, in high school, in college, and now in the pros. He hasn't played a lot. And... Kyle Shanahan gave him, sat him year one, gave him the keys year two, and absolutely misused him in year two, and obviously ended up breaking his ankle. So it's an interesting situation. Trey Lance really never got his spot. Then Brock comes in, and, and, and Purdy looks really good. He, for seven games, he wins all seven, and then it comes like, oh, well, then he, you know, he hurts his arm, whatever, gets surgery. So it's like, okay, who do you go with now? The guy you bet on and traded all these picks for, Mm, all these picks for, or so many picks, it's just mind-boggling to me. Or Mystery Relevant, who looked pretty good last year, who just got out of arm surgery. This is my take on it, and I'll be quick with it. You go with Trey Lance, and you see what he's got for a couple of games, and if he sucks, if he's bad, then you're done. This is his chance to shine. Trey, I know we didn't give you a whole lot of chances because I'm a pretty dumb head coach most of the time, but here's your chance. Three games, four games. Here you go, buddy. But don't run him up the middle every play. If you're just going to do that, just trade him please i mean yeah so <laughs> i'll just put it uh gently it's it, <laughs> looking at the situations like if you buy a gallon of expired milk and then you yeah. get home and you you sniff it and you look at it and you say do i really want to pour myself a glass and try this i think it's better just to throw it away man just move <laughs> on go in your fridge grab the nice cold milk that you know is good the cold milk that you know won seven games last season the cold milk, the, yeah, the cold milk, though, that could be bad milk. It's been a lot of time. It's been sitting there. The cold milk, I, 
I'm trying to go along with this analogy, which I, which I liked it. But, but what I'm thinking here is that I don't think Trey Lance has spoiled milk yet. I think it's the guy, it's the cup. Who's it's the cup's problem here. It's not the actual milk, the cup, the one who handles the milk is, 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 is. sometimes you can't hate the cup. You got to hate the milk. And I just, in this situation, I'm telling you, man, I, I feel like just greener pastures, maybe another team is, you know, what he needs. But with this scenario and with this QB room, there's always going to be questions. And if you guys go out and start him, like realistically, what are you going to, you're going to give him what, six games? Because you can't yeah, give him four games and then quit because he's really only had ever four games. So I know. you're going to have to give him a half your season. So, I mean, it's kind of a tough spot to be in. And it is. I think honestly, for me, if you just trade him, you know, get what you can. And go in with saying the guy who led us last year is going to lead us this year, and we got a new backup. I think that would ruffle the least amount of feathers in that team. It and I think it would just kind of like cleanse the rocker room a little bit of what, you know, who are we playing? Do we need to play him? Get some of that out of there. Get some of that, you know, this is our guy, this is our backup. Mm-hmm. Needs to kind of be said, need to be out there for the team so they know. And I think the team knows, and I think the team has their opinion on that situation as well. I think so, too. I think when it comes to the players, I think a lot of them pull for Purdy. I think think they rally behind Purdy. They think that he's the one that really has the best chance to lead them to winning games this this season, winning games, winning a Super Bowl. Um, Because, like we said, Trey Lance is a project. Kyle knew that when he drafted him, but he didn't really care. He didn't really have a plan for him. He just drafted him and tried to throw him in the – he didn't have a plan. We knew Trey Lance was a project, and I was fine with it, kind of. I mean, I was always pushing to go trade for a quarterback, not draft one. Draft this project, QB, and Kyle just has absolutely no plan. He just kind of floats along. And here we are now in, this, in the most confusing situation ever. Um, I mean, how many, how many amazing teams have had such a, like, snafu at the quarterback position as long as the 49ers have had? I mean, it's like they just can't get it right. They just can't get it right. And I'm I don't care who it is, if it happens to be Sam Darnold, if it's Purdy or Trey, I don't care who it is. I just want it to be, I want the best one out there. And just to me, my heart, I just feel bad for Trey Lance that he's never gotten the right opportunity and he's only gotten mishandled. But you know, it is what it is. He might need a fresh, a fresh start somewhere else. He might need a Offensive coordinator who doesn't run in between the tackles every other play. And Brock Purdy might thrive in this system with the stars around him. So it's a super crazy situation. I'm excited. I might be going to one of the training camps. So I'm really excited to see them all throw. And um, But I'm I'm more intrigued to see who starts week one. I really have no idea. Now, I, if I had to put money on it, I'd go with Brock Purdy. I think he might start week one. But he got hurt. Trey Lance showing out in training camp. Who knows? There's still a lot of time left. So setbacks with Purdy's injury. So we really don't know, but it's going to be crazy. (laughs) So whoever leads my team, please just do well. That's all I ask. Anything else you want to add there, man? Uh, Nope. Uh, For those following, uh, still listening to this podcast. If you want to shoot me a follow on Twitter at a game, Kyle, like follow, subscribe. This podcast Give Zach all the love. Retweet if you see it out there. Let us know what you guys think. Drop it in the comments. 
Right on, man. It's always, always a pleasure having you on the show. We always have some good conversation. Got a lot of things to talk about. Everyone out there listening, thank you. I really appreciate it. You know you can find me on social media, on Instagram at the nightshift.pod, on TikTok at the nightshiftpod, and on Twitter at the nightshift. Two Gs at the beginning, two Ts at the end of that. If you're still listening, still, that must mean you must have enjoyed it just a little bit. So leave a review, leave a five star. That'd be super nice. Leave some, but be real with us. Be real with the uh, how we thought we did um and let us know what we can improve on or what how this show was for you and we really appreciate you sticking around listening through again kyle one more time i really appreciate you coming on we'll have you on again soon no doubt dude right on and everyone out there listening thank you again and that'll be it for me i'm out peace it's Lillard.